The Hand of Brass. Episode 18 Prophecies. King Arsino stood in his study, gazing out a large window overlooking the city. Beside him stood a dwarf with an intricate golden ceremonial hat and stark white garb, the Archbishop of Asilia. Your Grace, why is it that you send these three to their deaths? Surely you could have just hung them as is befitting such heresy. Speaking of malness is not heresy. Yes, but claiming malness to be on this plane is a mark of heathen corruption and falsehood. You know as well as I that Malnus does not lie here within the mortal realm. You saw the brass hand, as did I. No human has ever borne a dwarven prosthetic. Mayhaps these charlatans had a rogue smith build them a flawed version. Then it would be made of steel, not brass. No such prosthetics have ever been made from brass. Bronze, long ago, yes. Iron, then. And now steel. Never brass. Arsino looked at a letter on his desk. A message from Berenia, calling for their aid and alliance some four months ago. If our brass-handed friend returns victorious, then Adan is truly with them. By that we shall know they hold no falsehoods. Raven, Elric, and Duncan walked through the cavernous roads of Asilia followed by an armed brigade ensuring the trio did not stray from the path. Strange. Considering the reports of surging troglodyte, you'd think we would have seen some sign of one by now. Don't jinx us! They could be peeking around the corner waiting to strike at any moment now that you said that. <laughs> That's exactly what your mother would say. She taught me everything I know about being careful in a dangerous world. You can't just take things at face value. It's foolish to tempt the fates. You have more of your father in you than you think. You're impulsive, like your old man. Raven started to protest, but stopped. Duncan did have a point. I'm pretty sure Mother wouldn't have approved of me joining a foreign nation's rebellion and overtaking a kingdom. <laughs> sure, she may have done it during the Civil War, but that was with her own people. You, you have, have to, to look, look out, out for, for yourself, yourself first. first. You never did finish your story. Why was the trip to Australia sullied? Oh, well, the long and short of it, I thought it would be a great idea for us to go for a swim over by Saltspire River. Your mother and I were... Well, let's just say we weren't wearing much. Oh. Then the current swept me away down a waterfall. Floundering around my leg, got caught between some stone, and... Eldar had to make me a new one. What? That's how you lost your leg? You know how I lost my leg. I told you, that night we got into that bar fight. Bar fight? I must have been really off my head. I don't remember this at all. I'd always thought you lost it in the throes of valor at some great fight. Not in the throes of, um, you know, being naked dangling from a waterfall. I'd rather lose a limb in the name of passion than valor any day. I suppose Mum wasn't too impressed. She didn't talk to me for a week after that incident. Hold. You hear that? Unfortunately, I do. The trio reached a point where the tunnel sloped down. We'll go no further. Adon be with you, fools. Duncan dropped his bag and pulled out a heavy iron chain. What do you need that for? You'll see soon enough. Duncan led the way down the sloped tunnel, Elric following with a lantern tailed closely by Raven. The tunnel then opened up into a large pit. The smell of rotting corpses wafted to their nostrils, assaulting their senses with the sickly stench of death and decay. Looking down into the pit, they saw that only two troglodytes sat devouring the fresh corpse of a dwarf. Looks like the reports are false. Or perhaps they're all out hunting. 
I'll go down there as bait, and you swoop behind. Wait, what? Duncan! Before Elric could ask for a more detailed plan, Duncan leapt down and swung his heavy chain as if to taunt the beasts. Hey there, boys. Put your appetizer forks down. It's time for the entree. The troglodytes leapt into action, both charging toward their fresh prey. Duncan tumbled between the beasts, causing them to crash into one another. Shaking off their blunder, they took chase. Elric and Raven sprang forward, weapons drawn. Raven struck hard with her morning star on one creature's back, as Elric struck low at its leg, slashing deep into its thigh. Meanwhile, the second troglodyte chased Duncan, striking wildly, trying to catch its prey. Duncan, with newfound agility, dodged this way and that. The injured troglodyte slashed Elric on the arm, shedding blood and dust. Then lashing out with the other claw, it grabbed Elric and pinned him to the ground. Its maw opened, revealing razor-sharp teeth as it moved to bite down on Elric's throat. Raven's morning star struck true, caving in the troglodyte's skull. Duncan swung the iron chain and through a dance of evasion dodged the remaining troglodyte's claws while wrapping the chain around the beast, causing it to lose balance and land face first in the dirt. Raven raised her morning star to finish it. Wait! What? We need this one alive. King Arsino sat on his obsidian throne with the archbishop hovering next to him. They were listening to the dispute between two merchants over some trade agreement gone awry. And by that right, she owes an additional 9%. I most certainly do not! Duncan entered the Great Hall, dragging the bound troglody, which let out a muffled screech. What in Adon's holy name is going on? What is the meaning of this? Your Highness, King Arsino, Your Holiness Archbishop. When last we met, I was a feverish mess, unable to answer the accusations hurled against my character. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Duncan, and I would like you to meet a friend of mine. Duncan pulled the chain that bound the troglody and dragged it to the center of the room. Guards! Escort him and this beast out of my halls! Oh, don't worry, Your Highness. I'll be showing myself out momentarily. But first, I need to make a believer out of you and the current climate of things. Duncan reached down and loosed the chain wrapped around the troglody's muzzle. He then grabbed the monster by the neck using his brass hand. I shall feast on mortal blood. Our Lord Marinus has returned, and you, you all shall suffer tortures beyond your imaginations. The court stared in utter shock. Duncan then stabbed the troglodyte in the chest, finishing the beast off. This is but a shade of the true darkness on your doorstep. Act before it is too late. Duncan left the halls of Asilia for the last time. Duncan, Elric, and Raven were walking along a dirt road, far from Asilia and the Horusane Mountains. Duncan took a deep breath, taking in the fresh air. Eventually, they found themselves at a crossroad. Duncan. Duncan stopped and looked west. Are we stopping, Duncan? Duncan glanced at Elric, noticing the dust on his shoulder. This is where we part ways. What? Why? Duncan said nothing as he wrapped his arms around Elric in a hug. Though caught off guard, Elric hugged back. Uh, Duncan? It's time to go. Elric suddenly felt very tired, almost somber. Duncan let Elric go and turned away. We will meet again soon, friend. Duncan started down a side path alone. What was that about? 
Looks like the mists of Terendia take you no matter what. There's been something I've wanted to ask you, Raven. What happened to your mother? She... She took ill and passed away the winter... The winter before you arrived in Berenia. Ah, I had a feeling. Could you... Could you take me to where she was buried? A few days passed. Raven led Elric up a beautiful hillside overlooking a grassy valley. Raven noticed Elric was walking much slower than usual as they made their way to the top. At the peak lay a gravestone with the inscription, Amber Storm Shield. This was one of her favorite places to travel. We passed it once when we were fleeing from Humeria. It's... it's beautiful. Raven looked to her father and saw that he was covered in more dust. I'm sorry I wasn't there. No. I'm sorry for not understanding. We're a couple of sorry saps, so they say. Yes. Yes, we are. I... I made this for you. Elric handed his daughter something wrapped in a piece of cloth. She unraveled it to reveal a small wooden raven. You always loved ravens, so I whittled that for you. Elric took his axe off his back and dropped it to the ground. Everything was feeling so heavy. He was so tired. I love your father. I love you too, sweetheart. Elric walked to Amber's grave and placed a hand on it. The dust from his hands started falling. I don't want you to go. Please. I know. I was in the mists for too long to be saved, despite Duncan's efforts. But who knows? Maybe the mists are not done with me yet. Father, please! I feel like we just started hey, to- shh, 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 shh. It's alright. I'll be back in the wink of a cat. And with that, Elric was gone as dust on the wind. Hey there, thanks for listening. If you really enjoyed what you heard, leave a rate and review, and keep up to date with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Hand of Brass. And if you want to support us further, check out our Patreon. You can get exclusive access to bonus footage, behind the scenes, interviews, and more. Thanks again for listening.